It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Volume. Just a reminder, you can catch us recording this podcast live on AMP. AMP is a new live radio app that lets you call in and chat with us in person while we're recording. Get the app on Apple's App Store and make sure you follow us at at Jenkins and Jones to get notified when we go live. Welcome to Jenkins and Jones on the Volume Podcast Network. It is Saturday, September 2nd, and it's Silly Billy Saturday. We got a special Q&A mailbag episode. Thank you so much to everyone who wrote in with questions. We got some funny questions. We got some very serious questions. Uh, I think this is a very Jenkins and Jones uh, episode, so I'm excited. I know when I was listening to the show, I always love it um when y'all would just kind of be chopping it up over whatever you know whatever came across the email so as always jenkins jones hosted by dragonfly jones aka tyler hey everybody have a good jethro jenkins aka john what's that bubba's i'm guardy b aka mike mother fucking mike fucking mike mikael no (laughs) mikael (laughs) (laughs) all right um let's start it off with a question from sam sneed he says he's from st louis salute loves his show john have you been able to find better chinese food than in st louis that's a real question and he also said uh what high school did you go to that's the question that everybody asks i went to school in alabama though so I didn't go to I, I didn't have that high school question, but everybody asked that question. I think it's more like a, I think I I think he asked it just because that's everybody asked it. But I think it started with like finding out 
where you came from. You know what I'm that's saying? That's a small town that's a big town thing. If, yeah, if yeah. I'm in Paris and I yeah. run into someone wearing a Long Beach shirt, I'm like, yeah, hey, yeah. you from Long Beach? I'm from Long Beach, too. Yeah. His first question guaranteed is what high school you go to. You feel me? You feel me? So and there like, are wrong people... answers to the question, too. Right, 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 right. <laughs> Polly is the right answer. But my, uh, <laughs> for sure. But I think my, um, my family, uh, is uh from the north side so they live off of mlk and grand um in jbl so and also i have family uh in, in u city as well but that's that's probably what he's asking but um hell no nah, i know better uh chinese food than in st louis we make better chinese food in china <laughs> me. and i ain't gotta go to china to find that out either you know what i'm saying <laughs> shit that shit is fire bro it's a special type of chinese food they don't even they make they make particular like dishes there that are only you can only find in st louis like the saint paul you can't go nowhere else to find that shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, my mom, when she I, when she would try to get what Chinese is food, it? What would, what is it about? Because you've talked about this before. What is it about MSG, Chinese man? Food they got they got the right mix of MSG. <laughs> you know what I mean? They doctored it up nicely. No, it's. I think what happened is a lot of people. You know what I'm saying? Like migrated to St. Louis. Chinese people did, and they made up the, their own version that was you know you know kind of fit the people that they were serving you feel me it's a lot of the best ones in the hood you know what i'm saying and so it's it's a particular mix it's not the americanized version of it because you can only find it in st louis but it's the best version i've had i've ever tasted by far okay. bro yeah all right <clears throat> the next question from uh robert greer he's got uh he's a first time emailer long time listener uh two questions if you could travel back in time and beat the shit out of someone, who would you choose? He actually said three people, but I think us picking nine people would take too long. So if you could travel back in time and beat up one person, who would it be? <laughs> Y'all gonna peel some, <laughs> some wounds on some scabs on this one, because my uh, answer is personal as fuck, and that would be like my step pops, and I've told y'all, like, you know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, the situation with us, but um, I'll just leave it at that, man. That would be my <laughs> pick. I, Again. I, I, no. that's so funny because when i saw this question i was like should i do a funny answer to that or a serious answer to that question the serious answer to that is for sure my dad bro i never got my issue off like my friends stopped me from it was a day when it, I, I was probably gonna fuck the rest of my life up over some shit he'd done to my little brother my friends stopped me from doing it my 12th grade english teachers locked me in the classroom because <laughs> they told her what i was about to do and uh, you know I'm grateful that they did it but uh, my dad needed needs his ass whooped by me one time and then we can have a and then we can have a conversation after that that we also needed to have that we didn't have a chance to have before he died but that's that that would be my my honest to god answer to that question I'm right there with you Tyler <laughs> Because you I can forgive this. everything else, right? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I know I can say I'll go back in time and beat up Hitler or whatever. Like, of course. You know? But Hitler's been dead for 40 years. And you don't know that nigga, dog. You know what I'm right. saying? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, everything else that happens in your life, you can forgive except for the, like, one or two things you can't forgive. So that's that's my answer, yeah. too. Yeah. And, used, and, and it's, bro, like, I don't even have any enemies or whatever the fuck you want to call that. Like, that is the one dude in my life who I absolutely despise, bro. Yeah. I used to scrap with my stepdad. We cool now, so I just want to make sure that's known. Solid. He's really good. I took to my to my to my daughter, and I told y'all that I will never. Yeah. She will never. You know what I mean? But I used to. She's gonna have to come back to this episode to find this out. <laughs> I used to scrap with my stepdad. You feel what I'm saying? But I never got my issue because he was so much bigger than me. You know what I'm saying? And then when I, you know, yo, I dare you to try me now. You feel me? Like straight up uh -huh. said that to his face, and he wouldn't try me. I wish he would have tried me. 
I mean, he might have got me, but, you know, there's a chance he couldn't have. You know what I mean? It was about 50-50 at that time. I was like 21. You feel me? So yeah, I'm glad you're a, cool with him now, but that's a little bit yeah. of a, but that, I, I wish kind of, I wish I would have got move, bro. I wish I would I right. I mean he was a bully, you know, like you know, at the time, yeah, you know, he grew, right. you know, he grew people changed, but you know, that's what usually happened. His motherfuckers is bullies until they meet a motherfucker that, hey shit, it might not go my way today. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I wish I could have got it. Also, the nigga that I said I didn't like that I took his money and dice in high school, you feel me? I wish I would have just beat his ass for the one time. Probably last day of school because he had a lot of cousins and went there and I would have got jumped. Yeah. <laughs> so last day of school, I should have got my issue. He was a fuck nigga, like I said. <laughs> I ain't going to say the nigga name because fuck him. But uh, yeah, I, I do wish I would have went back and dogged his ass out for the one time. He didn't have shit for me, but he had a whole bunch of cousins. So Did I ever tell y'all, y'all about the... Um... I shouldn't tell the story. I would tell you all about the, uh, what, what uh, my friend Amit and I did in eighth grade that uh, they almost didn't let us graduate from middle school over. Um, Hell no. It was a kid in our um, in, in our orchestra class. It was this kid. He, we were eighth graders. He was like a seventh grader or something. And, it, it, you know, he was just like a real hyper annoying kid. I'm sure he'd have been diagnosed and over medicated with some shit if he was in the current generation of kids. But this dude was like... This was like two weeks before school, before we graduated, before school got out. This kid had a black Sharpie and he was going around drawing on girls' hair. Mm-hmm. He was like walking around behind the rows, like drawing on a black Like shit was hair, sweet. Lame ass Drawing shit. on like, you know, the, the, the girls' uniform shirts and shit like that. And we, uh, <laughs> Amit had an older brother. He was going through some shit in middle school. Like I was going through some shit in middle school. <laughs> we took him in the instrument room <laughs> at the orchestra. And we tied him to a chair. We duct taped him to a chair. Wow. <laughs> we duct taped him to the chair on wow. some Tarantino shit, bro. We was we fucking talked him out, and then he immediately snitched. Obviously, <laughs> 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 who, who who cut him loose from the fucking duct tape chair? The teacher. We left him in there, dog. That was where we really oh, y'all fucked was up. We, y'all was tweaking. <laughs> we left him in there. That was a federal crime, nigga. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all would have went to prison. So, <laughs> right, style, right. So they didn't want to let us graduate. And my my mom would always like my mom stood behind me on some shit because she knew where she knew what I was going through, what our family yeah. was going through, and everything. And she was on some like, hey, he might have handled it the wrong way. I acknowledge that, but he's trying to protect the girls in your class because your school wasn't protecting the girls in your class. You know, like he's all hopped up on being a thirteen year old dumb fuck, like. <laughs> But you know he wouldn't. Have, he wouldn't have just like he's never hustled anyone into the back room to beat him up before, right? Like <laughs> the, the weird thing about going through shit, like you're, like when I you're, I was when I was getting fights, I'd be fighting another high schooler, right? But I'm not really mad at them. You fighting your stepdad because he was, right. you know what I mean? Like so, like. I'm I'm fighting a child like I'm fighting a grown man, nigga. You know what I mean? And shit was, you know, you have to apologize after that. You know what I'm saying? Like, but it's just weird about going through shit. It's like taking it out, other shit out. That's you know, you taking other shit out on these. That's it's fucked up. No, you need therapy. I mean, it's like every, it's like you need therapy. Like it was therapy before I realized, like, oh, like I was just talking about it about my dad, right? Like. I didn't like the way he was treating people that I saw as people I was supposed to protect because right, right. the people who were supposed to protect my brother and me weren't treating us the way we thought. You know what I mean? Right, it's right, 100%. right, like right. You're right. beating up the idea of someone, this dumbass kid who's just being an idiot because he's probably <laughs> tweaking out some other shit you, too. Right, you getting your issue <laughs> on a dude that's getting his issue because you know what I mean? 
<laughs> it's a bunch of shit, bro. It's it's yeah, man. That 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 time period is anyway. Somebody's getting therapy, even if like in, starting in middle school, just because, nigga. You know, they what tried I mean? to put me in therapy, and I was on some Goodwill hunting shit, yeah. bro. Like, you know what I mean? I was like, I'll make direct eye contact with you for sixty minutes and walk out of this room without saying hey. a word. I don't want to well, be hey, here, bro. She <laughs> just gonna have to do that every two weeks. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, so maybe hopefully she'll figure something out. You know, yeah, and, 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 you know, at a time when she needed because of those sessions. So yeah, Jackson, were you gonna say something? Did you beat someone up in middle no, school? No, I was though? just gonna say, did you, did you tell us this story because uh, you are the answer to the question for that guy? If you could go back in time and beat up anyone, it would be the guy you, t- you duct taped to the chair. I'm gonna <laughs> get, I'm gonna guess that kid had enough. He probably had enough other shit going on right, that right. I'm probably not even in his top five. <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> But no. and I didn't even like. Did they, you graduate they made high me, school with him too? Nah, man. He he went to he okay. We a different to... track, you know. But okay. he but he but they made me apologize to him, and I was like, even in that setting, I was like, you understand, you can't do that to girls, though, right? Like, right, right. <laughs> it's like you got. I was like, I'm going through shit, whatever. But like, you got to figure something out and take it out in a different way. Like, go fight behind the fucking gym like everyone else. You know what I mean? Right, right, like, right, right. <laughs> With willing combatants. Okay. The other question from um, from Robert Greer was, do you and the homies ever sit around and reminisce about when you lost your virginity, even at your big age? That's a no, no for me. It's That's a wife, big so. no. Nah, bro. Nah, nah. Nah, like I... Well, one, it, it was unspectacular as fuck. Like, no one needs to hear that story to begin with. It, too. Nah, it's just... That was I mean, fucking 48 lifetimes ago yeah, for me, dog. Right. Like... I didn't even get my issue because I didn't even, like, I didn't know what to do to even, you know, get my issue. You feel me? It, it Like, it, it's there's nothing to talk about. You feel me? Like, it was. It's, it was yeah. It's, it's, it's like losing your virginity was something you did to try to feel grown. You know what right, I mean? Like, right, right, right. It wasn't sex. Yeah. It was like, you know, it didn't, it wasn't, it didn't, you, you, it was a, it wasn't sex in the way sex is now. You know what I mean? Like, it was, yeah. you just doing it to say you did it, not because you were like, you know, really in enthralled with the person you was with you know what i'm saying like yeah no nah, that's not that wasn't the case for me at least no no nah, i want to forget uh, it actually all right <laughs> there you go uh all right we got a question from uh avandre reddix and we, we actually a couple of people kind of ask questions similar to this but i'll read this one and we can talk about it um he started a podcast he said that uh our show is the uh basically the inspiration behind why he wanted to do that so he's just looking for advice for people starting out a podcast. Like I said, I think we got three or four people who emailed in a question like that. Um, and I'm, I'm curious for, I've, I've got some thoughts. I'm very curious though for your guys' just general advice to someone maybe in their early 20s, early 30s, whatever, who's starting a podcast out. I mean, I, I always say like, we never planned for this shit to happen. Like we did not, me and John did not set out the, you know, in, on our first episode, like, yeah, the plan is to get picked up by a major podcasting network and monetize. Like that was never the goal here. And then again, it was a whole different era, right? We started in 2015, which is like three digital ages ago. You know what I'm saying? But, but I, I mean, only advice I can give is bro, do it with the homies and have fun with the shit. Like that's the only advice that I can give because that you know where I can say you can try to like replicate what we did or whatever the fuck, but just have fun with the homies, bro. You know, and and, and if the bad comes, the bad comes. That's how we played it. I mean, we started with like you know Apple iPod, you know headphones, and you know like it was the audio was trash. I wouldn't advise you to do that now because people probably gonna sit through it. Back then, you know, you know it, it wasn't as you know there wasn't as many ways to get quality audio at least for us you know what i'm saying so 
Uh, damn, well, saying that makes me feel like I was born in 1954. But anyway, <laughs> uh, back in them so days, excited. back in yeah. our days, like he over there, yeah, you do sound old as hell, my boy. But uh, <laughs> but also, yeah, just like you know, do it with people that you would talk to, even if it wasn't a podcast. You know what I mean? And make sure to remain yourself. Like, don't try to really emulate anybody else. You know, uh, people will do that for you. They'll, they'll they'll compare you. You know what I'm saying? Regardless, but yeah, just try to just try to remain yourself and do it with people that you're gonna enjoy <laughs> that you would talk to even off a podcast outside of a podcast set. So, I think, um, and we do have a couple other sort of serious like life advice questions. My advice to people always is be honest with yourself and the people you're working with about what your intentions are. If you're starting a podcast because you're like, man, that was dope when they did the beast bracket. They got you know so much engagement on social. Like, I want that engagement. If you're starting it for that kind of like external validation, then you know be honest about like, okay, that's what we're looking for, and then that might lead you to like, th- then you need to go about it a different way. That might lead you to go like, oh, this thing my friends and I think are funny that I'm doing. You need to show that to some people that aren't your friends and find out if it's funny or not. And if people don't fuck with the stuff you fuck with, then you need to be honest about that. If you're like John and Tyler, where you're like, this would be something fun to do with my friends. And if it goes somewhere cool, then just have fun with it. Right. Like, you know, like John was saying, just strip it down and just make sure it's you don't feel like it's a waste of time because it's something you'd be doing anyway. Like John and Tyler. If you go listen to their very first SoundCloud episodes, they're not podcasts. It, they're just talking to each other for an hour. <laughs> the worst part about, was know. the introduction. We just wanted to talk. Right. <laughs> like, you right. know what no, I mean? Uh, we would 100%. switch. We would make the other person do it if we did it the week before because that was the business yep. part of it. The podcast part of it was not comfortable. Right, right. You know what I mean? So, uh, so you know, I, that's what what I think I would say. If you're doing this to sort of record a moment in time in your life with your friends and you're doing it for fun and yourselves, then then be honest about that. Because I'll be honest about this too. Tyler and John had a very big social media reach when they started their podcast. Like that's a that's a that's part of why I wouldn't have heard of Jenkins and Jones if my friend with 30 followers, you know what I mean? Like it like so they had that kind of automatically built in that they were doing it for themselves, but with an audience. But that's very unique for people who have big followings to not like now to not be thinking actively about how to monetize that shit. So, but, but I, but I think like in all enterprises, like, look, like we're all going to die at the end of our lives. You have X amount, you have a finite amount of time on earth. So just honesty about what you're doing and why you're doing it. I always think is the best answer. And then your advice will kind of flow. My advice to you flows from your honesty with yourself about that. Why are you doing the podcast? And then once you know why you're doing it and you're confident in your answer, that will tell you what you're chasing. If you're doing mm. it for you and your friends, you don't need to spend money trying to promote it. If you're doing it because you want to build a following and get to a point where you do sign with someone, then it's going to depend on what kind of reach you have right now. Like if you're trying to expand your reach, you might have to invest money in doing that or upgrade equipment or whatever. You know what I mean? So. Also, throughout the process, like you'll get good and bad feedback. You know what I mean? I I don't I don't take either of them personally, like good or bad. Like obviously, when people say good things, I'm super fucking thankful. You know what I mean? But I don't get super high off of good things. You know what I mean? And I don't get super, which allows me when somebody says something, you know, negative, I don't get super low off it. But I do like I think like. Would you say you might- used to not be as good at that? I mean, I, I mean, yeah, I was younger, you know what I mean? So I'd be like, you know, I mean, but I've always been like, fuck that nigga. You know what I'm saying? So like, <laughs> I mean, so I might be like, oh, that is a good point, but still fuck him. And then I move on. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I, but I, I would, you know, and also I, what really helped me out was Thug Friends. And I know Thug Friends was like, 
such a joke and shit. But like, Expl- people took it. Expl- explain that for people Th- who don't Th- know what it is. Thug-, Thug Friends was like a a, 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 a a spoof rap group me and the homies made, and the shit was super viral. Like, he was on The Source, Tosh.0. Like, was really trying to sign us, bro. We was just yeah. joking. You feel me? And, uh, uh, like, people were like, like, they didn't know it was a joke. This is before this Tyler the Creator and them. You know what I mean? Like, this is, you know, like, people didn't know it was a joke. They thought it was real. Like, and they thought, like, this is when people were like, hip-hop is dead and shit. You know, they thought we was killing the genre. You feel me? We was just talking, <laughs> having fun with the homies. You know what I'm saying? And uh, it went it went really, really viral for that time period. And uh, people was like, you know, didn't understand it initially and were had negative comments. And I just, and I realized at that time, I'm like, oh, like if, at first I was like, man, why, why are they tripping? You know what I'm saying? Then I realized, oh, it's just outside of our bubble. You know what I mean? When it gets outside of the people that get you, you're going to get those comments. But that's a good thing. That means, you know, like you don't like the comment necessarily, but it's a good thing that it's reaching a demographic that does, isn't familiar with you. You know what I'm saying? And there's a lot of people that weren't familiar and that got that understood it or that maybe didn't understand it initially and then understood it and stayed. So like, don't take that shit personal. Look at it. Uh, don't take it personal, and also look at it as like, okay, it's outside of my circle, the the the, the my bubble that I exist within. It is reached out. To, so it's you, you've done something that's 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 reached outside of your normal reach. I and mean, that's how I we, take we, it. We, yeah. When we first got on with the volume, there was so many old white dudes who were re- re- responding to our clips and like, "What is this? Too yeah. many n words for me. I'm out." <laughs> you know, what like, mean? yeah, like, 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 bro, you are a 56 year old white man from Montana. This ain't for you, dog. But there were some 56 okay. year old white homies in Montana yeah. who do listen to us, though. But there but, was some 50 year old white motherfuckers that, that was like, "Oh, that's, this is different. I'm tapped in. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, so it's been good and bad. So yeah, but like, yeah, if, it, if when, when you start seeing that. That's not like, oh, I'm fucked up out here. It's like, oh, you probably did something that reached unless you're getting, you know, you know, <laughs> unless like the ratio is off. If you get ratio, yeah. you probably need to reel it in and do some, some, you know, some thinking about how you approach the shit. But I, I have never checked like YouTube comments ever in my motherfucking life. Like for what? Because for one, I can't. Motherfuckers will hit me enough, you know, directly hit me on Twitter with with the hating shit if they got something to say to me. Usually, so like I don't go looking for it. You know what I'm saying? If it finds me, it finds me. Oh fucking yeah. I definitely uh, working with y'all and and the advice you guys have given me about like like when I started recording with you guys, I still had notifications on for all my social media. You know, we we because of the like local journalism aspect of my job, we've always been fairly plugged in with the feedback and commentary and stuff like that. But um, what I've learned since working with you guys is there is a way to care about that and still connect with people and talk to people without checking the comments ever or re- like, you know, John said, getting up and down. But that was definitely a learned skill for me. I, like I, I probably was in my mid 30s before I was really secure enough. Like I was probably 10 years into a successful career, sports career before yeah. I was comfortable being like, I'm going to have a job. I'm going to be able to feed my kids and my wife. Like, I don't need to be so... Cause, man, that was something that actually my therapist helped me out a lot with. She was like, your brain doesn't know the difference between a YouTube comment and a saber-toothed tiger. Like, your brain was designed, it evolved mm. to look for danger and try and neutralize the danger. And so you're turning this, like, stress response system on these comments that ultimately don't actually affect your life. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but your brain doesn't know that your brain doesn't know how to go. Oh, that's a, that's not a saber tooth tiger. It's a YouTube comment. So. It's the bear and, behind and the I door. Also, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah. I was going to say, I also want to clarify that 
um, we're not at all closed off to constructive criticism. There's been plenty of Period. times homies have hit us uh, hit us up on Twitter or or in or in you know in our email, be like, bro, y'all got this one wrong, and we've heard them out, and put, and sometimes they've been right. You'd be like, wow, okay, we had a blind spot there, right? Right, right, but, right. But the negative shit that just comes with no base that other than trying to tear you down, fuck that type of right, you know, right. Fuck that. And if they're people talking to you in a way that they wouldn't talk to you in person, just block them, mm-hmm. bro. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. you know, you know, don't, don't, you don't, you don't, you don't, you don't have to deal with that type shit. And like, you know, it's like you were talking with the saber tooth tiger. Like my therapist talked about like a, a bear behind a door. You know what I'm saying? Like there's no bear behind the door, but you're operating as if there's a bear behind the door because of how we're made. You know what I'm saying? And so like you open the door, there's no bear. And you sometimes you just have to like, you know, realize there's no bear behind that fucking door. You know yeah. what I mean? Like don't allow that shit to get you all riled the fuck up, man. All right, we got a, a question from Dan D from Nola. It says, "Sup, baby? You gotta keep it, Nola. Baby, I can't do baby, it baby, baby. There you go. I can't baby. do it New Orleans. Yeah, accent. you gotta hit that. Thank you. Thanks, baby. thanks, fellas. Um, yeah. Uh, first of all, you know, I'm I'm not reading everyone's compliments about the pod just because I, I find it awkward. But but thank you. Everyone says such nice things and people talking about the podcast, helping them out in dark moments. Like we genuinely appreciate all those comments more than I can tell you. Um, so just cause I'm not reading it, like, trust me, we read it. We, we appreciate it. I just don't want this podcast to be 30 minutes of me t- saying that our listeners like us. <laughs> mm-hmm. So Dan's question, this is a great question. Who had so far the lie of the 2020s? And here's his nominees. Donald Trump saying he was 215 pounds. Mm-hmm. LSU saying Odell Beckham was handing out fake money after the national championship. <laughs> Patrick Beverly saying during his time with the Clippers, they turned the city from a Laker city into a Clipper city. Mike Tirico saying he grew up thinking he was Italian. For the record, I do not think that's a lie. <laughs> and the last one is um, that, <laughs> that person who said French food was better than American food on Twitter. Or is it one not listed? These are great lies. Jeez. These are all ca- lie of the decade caliber lies. <laughs> yeah. And the whole thing about Mike Tirico is... I think he, I think he really did move through life like he was Italian, right? Yeah. I, I I think he lived that life. He was lying to himself, but That's I think he fact. lied to himself, right? You know, to yeah, the point yeah. where he lived his life in a way that he moved like he was fully yeah. Italian. Um, because let me say this: if he was lying consciously, he would have known how bad of a lie it was. Right, right. You know what I mean? It's only right. because he wasn't aware of that. He would be comfortable saying that to a reporter. He believed the fuck out of the lie he told himself. It's like Costanza. You know what I mean? The way to tell a lie confidently is to believe it. You got to believe it first. And he went a little too far with it. All right. Lie of the decade. What's your vote, Tyler? (sighs) Uh, Run me down the list again. It was Trump being 215. LSU saying Odo Beckham was handing out fake money. Pat Bev saying he helped turn uh, LA from a Laker city into a Clipper city. And uh, the person on Twitter who said French food was better than American food. Oh, it's it. <laughs> it, it I might go with Pat Bev here, bro. Like, n- no, the, the L.A. will never be a Clipper city. It's just like like the Lakers are one of those iconic teams. Like, there's a holy trinity of sports teams in America, and it's the Lakers, the Cowboys, and the Yankees, right? Like, they the L.A. will never be a fucking Clippers town ever, man. No, yeah. I think it's Odell, man, just because it was fun. You know what I mean? Like, bruh, like we saw him passing the bread out live. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. There is yeah, yeah, video yeah. footage. He was passing out fake money. Let's just yeah. tell a whopper of a fucking lie here. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I, it was, I'm going to go. It was fun to me. 
I'm Mr. Uh, prisoner of the moment always when it comes to shit like this. I'm going to go with Donald Trump's 215 pounds. You know who's listed at six foot three, 215 pounds? Lamar Jackson. <laughs> Come on, man. Come on, dog. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> Come on, dog. All What's right, the ways um, more than fat guys? So I guess, you know. Yeah. Yeah, there's that. Or so, so they say. Yeah. All right. Uh, Chris, from, oh, Jackson, did you have one? I'm sorry. Were you saying something? No, no. I, I agree. Oh, okay. it's, it's Trump. It, it's absolutely okay. Trump. Okay. Uh, and he's the liar of the decade also. So I feel oh, like yeah. it's like you honoring the body of work. Right, right. You know what I mean? Okay. <laughs> Lifetime Achievement Award, right? Yeah, here. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Chris from Oakland. This question is for John specifically, but I would love everyone's input. My wife and I, college sweethearts, together for 10 years now. Salute to you. Today is my 16th wedding anniversary. Shout out to hey. college sweethearts making it work. Man. Um, Chris from Oakland and love his that. wife just had their first child. First of all, I love being together for 10 years before having your first child. My wife and I were together for that long. We were trying to have a kid towards the end of it, but... I do feel like a lot of things about raising kids is easier for us because we know each other super well. But anyway, mm -hmm. he said they just had their first child. He'll be three weeks old on Thursday. And they got a newborn. Congratulations. Uh, his question is about how and they he has the energy to write an email. That's crazy. <laughs> crazy. That's a great point. That's a crazy. great point. Our to next door neighbors, the um, the women who live next door to us, just had their baby. He's three weeks old too. And we saw uh, we saw we saw our neighbor Gabby outside. She was taking the baby for a walk yesterday, and I was like, I remember that feeling. She just, she looks like <laughs> she dragging her feet behind her, and you're like, you know what I mean? You just trying to make it through the day, dog. To do the yeah. exact same thing the next day, bro. But I, uh, I can barely send texts, let him write email. Right. All right. So Chris says, his question is about how we should approach our weed now that we're parents. We were some smoking ass people before our kid, but I feel like our relationship to weed should change now. I still think I'll get high pretty regularly, but I also have enjoyed being super clear headed and enjoying uh, sober moments with the baby. So I guess I'd just like to hear how having a baby changed your consumption and if you have any tips for being a responsible parent who smokes. I love this question. I My friends have mm. spent a considerable amount of time figuring the answer to that question. Mm -hmm. Now, John, what's, what's your answer? Want to know what's wild, y'all? I have smoked maybe twice since last November. I haven't smoked a lot. Just for one, some reason, I just stopped thinking about smoking. You know what I mean? But I smoked like fucking damn near daily prior. I mean, last time Tyler came before that, we smoked two joints out on the fucking deck. Like, you feel me? But for me... Um, and was that just can I ask you a question is that because no, you felt I just, like no I just oh, stopped I thinking about it no no I just stopped thinking about it I just stopped thinking about it Um, I, I just one day I just did I used to think about oh after I got done I'd be amped to just smoke my little joint after something went down you know what I'm saying I stopped thinking about it so I don't smoke like I used to like I think I, I smoked once or twice since last November so crazy but anyway I, I was smoking a lot prior to having insomnia, insomnia every day, prior to having insomnia, and I smoked, you know, most nights uh, when she was first born. But, uh, yeah, for me, it was like I never smoked. I never was high around her. You know what I mean? This is just me. You know what I mean? I know people that say they really enjoy being high around their kids, and I think when I was high, I could have been fine with it, but I just didn't feel comfortable personally. These are some personal things that I decided. And then on nights when I was going to – like we would swap where I would have her certain nights and Rather would have her certain nights. I wouldn't smoke because I slept too deep when I when she would sleep with me and I didn't want when she was younger and I didn't want to, you know, roll and her be there and me be in a deep sleep. 
And, you know, so, but for me, it's like, you know, do what you, if you feel like you like being clear headed and you want to change, I think you have to find out how to do that for yourself. But for me, it was like, I waited to the night when it was me and, um, when it was just me and Rotha. And I'd get high and, you know, and, 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 and I, I would have all the energy and I'd be clear headed enough to, to, uh, to, to take, to be, you know, a hundred percent there when Sami was there. Um, but, uh, yeah, like my wife, she just completely stopped smoking though. She just was like, I just don't feel comfortable smoking when Somi is, when like, you know, when, when Somi's around, I just, she just didn't feel comfortable with it. And the only time we have smoked together was when we had the night nanny and when we were out of town, uh, for the one day when Somi was staying with her parents. So, you know, it just depends on the person, but. I don't think. Do you, do, do you think that as Somi gets older and as as um, you guys have more sort of like physical independence from her, do you think that that can you see that changing or do you? Oh yeah, for sure, for sure, for sure, for sure. I think you think that's is, just kind of a, like this season of life. I think that, yeah, like I'm I'm this is I yeah this is a time period, bro. Like I'm gonna be back blowing down at some point for sure. I love smoking weed just for whatever reason. Like also like in that last year, she was like one, and one year olds are very much so much more engaged in like when they're. You know, like at one, like something, some something switched, flip, some switch flipped. You know what I mean? And like she's just so much more engaged, and I just, you know, I just my my, I just want to be there to be and be interactive with my daughter as much as I can during these time periods, and maybe subconsciously because when I think about it now, I just don't see myself being as engaged with her high, and that's just me. There's some people that get high, like her. That's why he gets high and he does work. Like I know right. a dude that would get high and go study, you know what I mean? He was and he ended up being a becoming a doctor. He would get high studying to you know for like the MCAT and shit. You feel me? And he was great student. It just depends on how the tree affects you, you know what I mean? If the tree makes you a more social person and more engaged, bro, it might be better. You know what I mean? Uh, for me, it makes me more heady and more you know um, you know I'm, I, I feel like I'm you know more dis easily distracted. Right. And that's not how I personally wanted to be around my daughter. Um, that's why I did smoke around her, but it just made me, I just, I think just subconsciously, I just probably decided to stop because of this time period. And it, you know, when she's, when she's like at the age where she's going to her room and she's like playing by herself and, you know, for me, it's like, hey, I, I want you to cook dinner, but, you know, like making snack for me and shit. But my G, I got the homies. I don't really need you to be around like that. You feel me? I'll probably be blowing much more. Um, but for this time period, like she is like, and also she's a, you know, been a, been a daddy's girl for like a, a, a chunk of that. You know, I mean, it goes back and forth. But you know, her to be dad, 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 dad. You know, waking up in the middle of the night, dad, dad, saying my name, and I'm halfway high. You know, saying like, I don't know. For me, I just I couldn't do it. But I don't think there's nothing wrong with it. It just depends on how how you carry the tree. You know, what I mean, how it affects you. Yeah, but I, I, I didn't sound judgy at all, did I? I mean, I, that's no, the no, last no. I didn't thing think I want to sound judgy okay. at all. And like I said, yeah, I have a yeah, lot of friends that are also trying to figure out the answer to that question. Tyler yeah. is someone I know who who uh, who you know will be a, a dad. I'm curious, and who smokes. I'm curious for your thoughts and and response to what John said. I mean, I, I think that's something that every parent probably has to try to figure out because. Um, for me, you know, weed is a de-stressor. It's an anxiety reliever. And I can't imagine a more stressful, anxiety-inducing moment than, you know, being a new parent, right? <laughs> um, but then again, uh, um, it also, weed makes me detached in a very calm way from mm. things. But it also kind of dulls my re reactive times and responsive times. And you also need that with a newborn. You know what I'm saying? So that's the double-edged sword there. Um, 
And, and of course, I'm sure there's concerns about the whole secondhand smoke thing as well, having that around a baby too. No, nah, right? you smoke so. it outside. Though. I, when I smoked, I, only, I never smoked inside. Yeah. Not not one time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. 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 So um, you, you know, that, that's what I do. And when when the weather's warm, like I smoke outside. Um, when it's cold and shit, I got like a little smoke eliminating ashtray. I only smoke in one room in a, in a crib, and I use that. But but yeah, it's like I said, it's it's just the whole the whole thing about yeah, it's going to be stressful, and you need to relieve that stress. But then you you still need your reactive time. You need to be on point. And, you know, we kind of, you know, eliminates that a bit. I don't know. I, I I mean, it sounds like him and his wife, you know, smoking together was a bonding thing for them. Right. Right. Yeah. That's um, a good point, too. Yeah, e- exactly. So. So. So, like, I would suggest shifts like, OK, you can get high tonight. You can't. You know, you got to be on, on baby duty, you know, sober mind and all that shit. But, you know, like I said, I, I'm, I, I know that that kind of takes away the bonding experience that, that's there. And smoking together, you know, as a couple, that that is a beautiful thing. It you is, know, man. A, a very much a bonding experience there. But, 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 yeah, like I said, you know, I don't have the answers here. You know what I'm saying? I can't tell you what I yeah. did. I can just tell you the shit that I've considered while, while thinking about this conundrum myself, you know? I, I think one piece of advice I give to all new parents is... Do keep in mind, and there's just no way for you to understand the telescoping effect of time when you have a three-week-old child, because those three weeks feel like 50 years. <laughs> but like, y- like it's not three weeks t- though. It's like a, two, it's like two it, months. It's three, yeah, but it's like, but but it was <laughs> yeah. three weeks, and like yeah, I've yeah, got a ten-year-old yeah. and a seven-year-old, and I would say I could not have imagined when my kids were three weeks old who they would be and what my life would have been like. So do keep in mind. If you and your lady feel are feeling frustrations or feeling like you wish you had more stuff, like it's a long journey. And the way it is with a newborn is it's not even John will tell you it's completely different when your kid is six months old, nine months Mm. old, one year old, you know? So, but yeah, I, I do know, like I said, I know a lot of people who've spent time thinking about this. I like, as was referenced earlier, my dad was a serious, severe alcoholic. And in preparation for not being an alcoholic when I had kids, I just never drank <laughs> or did. He was addicted to all kinds of drugs. I never did any drugs either. Like, um, and so that's where, like, I, I was, I wouldn't say fearful. I was just very, like, aware of that stuff. So I just, out of that desire, stayed completely away from it. I have friends who, I mean, it's just crazy because you're, you're also a lunatic when you have a three week old. Like, your brain's mm-hmm. not functioning correctly. Mm-hmm. I have friends who, switched to gummies and cbd stuff because they didn't want to set an example around their kid of smoking because they were mm-hmm. worried the kid would start smoking cigarettes yeah and the second hand smoke stuff like how to talk about it. it's just like just va- i v- would validate whatever feelings you have <laughs> and understand that you know the road is long like i said also uh, okay. you need what you need yeah never forget that That's you know true. what i'm saying like you need what you need and Bro, the, fir- know, the first six months we had a kid, I, I had a routine of like, I would go drink a lemon-lime Gatorade on the porch by myself and right. just have pure silence for five minutes. But that five minutes was like, if I didn't have that, and at one point I was eating a plum. Right, right, Just right. whatever, I, every, every day I'd go get one plum from the store and I would have my quiet time eating the plum. If I didn't have that plum... I don't know. I might have been the fucking dad from The Shining. I really, right, you know right. what I mean? I you really lose, don't know. <laughs> you lose yourself in like the fact that you need stuff in like when you first have a child. Like you forget about you, which is like understandable. You know, this is this biological. Your body is making you f- literally forget your needs to some right, extent for in that sure. first period. Yeah. And, and so, like, you know, hey, if you need to smoke tree, if that's something that, like, you know, Tyler say calms you down or that's your, the little break you need. Ever so often, bro, I, I, I advise you do that. I think you'll be better 
if there's something you need. I think that was something I didn't need. That's why I stopped. You know what I'm saying? And 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 I think at a point I did need it. That's why I kept smoking for a while. You know, I got to the point where I didn't think I needed. It. Obviously, I wasn't. I, you yeah. know, I didn't think about it. But yeah. So be gentle with yourself, man. Like you know, and and if you if you need a look to smoke tree, you know what I'm saying, or kind of. You know, get get your get you know get settled. You know, at the end of the day or whatever, and get be ready for the next one. Figure out a way you can do that. You know what I mean? That you know, um, and, uh, yeah. You need what you need. Don't don't put that don't push that shit to the side, man. All right, we got to pick the pace up a, a little bit on these because I want to get through. We got some great great ones, and I want to make sure we get pace them. up. We got we got we got to pick it up, baby. Mike sounded like me. Right. Fuck. This pace is untenable. <laughs> we gotta, we, we gotta, <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. Go ahead. Go you could have said to me, Jackson. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm just Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr. And I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back. And joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, okay, uh, this is a, a, a very serious question, and um, the uh, homie asked not to include his name, so I will not do that. But um, he says, do you, do you guys have any advice on communicating better with your spouse? I could kick that off first. I would say this, listen, uh, I know this show is of significance to people and I appreciate you reaching out with this question. If you are to a point where you are reaching out to us about this, my honest suggestion to you is that you um, see if there's a couple's therapists that you and your spouse are comfortable talking to because my wife and I have been together since we were 18. Uh, we are, that's 21 years now. It's been mostly very good. There have been a couple rough patches and times when it was hard for, you know, we had to kind of find our way back to communicating with each other. 
And I would say we have a lot of friends who therapy has been very helpful for. I think people hear therapy or couples counseling and it's like a big, scary thing to them. But I know um, John's had positive experiences with it. Mm -hmm. It all starts with communication and being able to open it up. And I would just say there is absolutely nothing wrong, even if you've been married for a long time, even if you've been with the person, if that's your best friend, there's nothing wrong with being in a period where it's just hard to talk to them. Mm -hmm. And you maybe need to, don't think of um, couples counseling as like, oh, we're crazy and we need therapy. Like, I think that's the stigma I had and a lot of other people had about it. Just think of it as like, like you need to learn how to drive together and y'all don't know how to drive. So you're going to mm -hmm. go see a teacher that could teach you how to drive, right? Like you could get you and your spouse into counseling and just get some much better tools that I would be able to give you about how to communicate with each other and, and everything else. So that uh, honestly, that's just my advice off rip is if you, if you're at that point, like go all in man and try and get, get some professional help. And you know, if, if you have a way to, to do that, if you could afford to do that, that's my suggestion. Yeah. Um, I, I would say, you know, and this is something that, you know, uh, Summer and I, we kind of had to work through when we first started dealing with each other. Everyone comes into a relationship with baggage, bro, regardless sure. of, 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 of what you think. If, if you think you're baggage free, nah, you got baggage. And the way that that usually affects your your new relationship is you've kind of got your guard up a bit. Right. Mm -hmm. Like you, you kind of think that this person might not have your best intentions in mind because, you know, you've been hurt in the past, you know, in, in, in previous relationships or what have you. Um, I would say something that, you know, helped me and, and my wife work through shit when we first started dating and when we were buttonheads and, and still helps is that, you know, we would just I, I would just constantly, you know, tell her, bro, we are not enemies. You know what I mean? Like like if, if you're coming at me, if you're upset with something I did, I promise you I did not do it spitefully. I did not do it intentionally to hurt you. Like, I didn't fucking know. Like, let's have a conversation. And you know what I'm saying? You, you, you know, without the accusations, because like I said, I'm not a spiteful person. I'm not a malicious person. And I'm going to give you the benefit of the honor on that, too, because I know you wouldn't do anything to intentionally hurt me. Right. So I think just kind of having that foundation laid, you know, as corny as the shit may sound, y'all are teammates, not, you know, on, on opposite ends of the thing. But like I said, I think that just comes down to the baggage that a lot of people come into relationships with. And like I said, everybody has baggage. So. For me, one thing that's helped, you know, me in communication was what Tyler said too. I had a moment at one point, I was like, whoa, you know, like, hey, we're on the same team. And that changed my whole perception about things. You know what I'm saying? But also the the problem is not rather, it's the situation and we have to work together to solve it. So that's how we're, like, we're best when we're approaching things like that when we have differences. It's like, hey, you know, the, it's the fact that we feel different about it is not the issue. The issue is how to, you know, uh, better navigate this. And so, like, now, like, you know, when we first, when I mean, keep it a stack. When Sumi was first born, rather moved down here pregnant, you know what I'm saying? We moved together a lot, a lot of big changes. You know, we got married, all that shit. You know what I mean? Like, it was, it was rough, you know what I mean? But, like, when we realized, hey, the other person is, like, what Tyler said, is not the enemy. The issue is what we have to, is, 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 to, is what, you know, we, we are working against, you know what I mean? That helped out a lot, and um, but yeah, man, like what, like what, but what Mike said too, like therapy has helped us kind of figure that out, and like so even when we do argue, we don't argue the same way, you know what I mean? Like we don't like what we we're, we got better at arguing, where like it's you know it's not you know vitriol or fr you know extreme frustration any of that stuff, like you know what I mean? Like you know it's it's more like you know we're just discussing how we get through something, and there's times too. 
where I'll be like, yo, I can't talk about this anymore. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just can't discuss it anymore. Might have to take a walk and that type of stuff. So don't, don't, you don't have to force yourself to try to get through things you don't have that um, in you. Like, like sometimes it's best to like take a little break and then come back. But yeah, man, like there's just giving each other space as well to be ourselves has helped out a ton. Like Rada knows I, I struggle with trying to figure out things and I have, uh, uh, I have, I don't have as, as much of a, of a, I don't have as much patience with trying to figure stuff out. Sometimes I have to process it myself and then come back. You know what I mean? Like, so like rather, okay, you, you can, I, I, okay, I got you, you know, go and take a walk, come back. We'll figure this out together. So yeah. And, and, and it's also moving with compassion. You know what I mean? Like, like when I'm looking at her, I'm realizing even in frustration, this is somebody I love. You know, I mean, this is some, I'm somebody she loves. So we've changed the way we approach stuff and it's helped out a ton, man. We're like, you know, by the end of certain shit, we'll be laughing. You know what I mean? Like, and it's just changed the whole dynamic when right. we have disagreements. And so, uh, but yeah, yeah. And also we do a practice. I'll say this. We do a, uh, this is the last thing I'll say. We do a gratitude practice every night. So regardless how the day went, at the end of the day, we talk about the things we're thankful for. And a lot of times... Um, it's like we have to say two things we were thankful for that about each other and then something in general. And a lot of times, like, you know, maybe Rather didn't feel as connected with me that day. And she's like, oh, damn, I didn't notice you noticed that. I didn't notice you. I said, yeah, I say, I appreciate the fuck out of that shit. You know what I mean? So that allows us to get to know each other better and also understand that even in days where we're not as, you know, not as connected as others, you know what I'm saying? There's still a lot of appreciation and love there just because I'm, you know, not, you know, if we disagree with something doesn't mean I don't love the fucking shit out of you. Right. You know what I mean, and, and that helps. Do y'all watch the um? Do y'all watch the Bear, the show The Bear? Yeah, 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 so yeah. yeah. I watched the first. Episode. I watched the first season, not the second one. Is that the okay. sh- the? Uh, you gotta watch the second one. one? The, the cooking show, ones? the cooking show. Yeah, that's oh, what so Rod was saying. You need to watch the second yeah, season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah because because there yeah. there's a there's a thing yes. they do in their kitchen when when they're having an argument. Yes. And they rub around their chest, basically to let you know. Yeah, we're arguing. I'm yelling at you, but I'm I I'm not upset with you. I hope you're not upset with me. Yeah, And when one person does that in the argument, the other person does it back, and shit's Gucci after that. And I love that. We'll hold hands. Like you hold hands, like like I've like I've 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 actually seen like me gr- t- ha- like touch like with Rather's kind of like frustrated or something. Hold Rather's hand and see the shit melt off of her. Like I, you can physically see the tension leave her body. Where like she'll That's be like kind of like I'll hold her hand and she'll just be like, and it'll turn into a smile. Like you know what I mean? And so it's like, babe, I understand. You know, like you know, this this is we 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 have a disagreement. But just feel this love, you know what I mean? Touch, you know, we, so we touch, and I can physically see her calm down. You know what I mean? And so, like, that's one thing too is when, I, I, and also too, rather, rather grew up Southern Cal Indian as Indian Indian woman. I grew up a country ass nigga, and that is a the the a great descriptor for me. You know what I'm saying? That is who I am. And so the way we interact is very different. You know what I mean? So, but one thing like that connects that like that physical touch. You know what I mean? It's like, even if I'm talking in a particular way, she, I might use words she don't understand. Like, what are you talking about, my nigga? You know what I'm saying? Obviously, she don't say that. <laughs> but what do you, you know what I'm saying? I don't even know what you're saying. You know, what does that word mean? You know what I mean? But it comes from, like, when, when I, we holding hands, when I can put my, when we touching or hugging, we're like, you know, that 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 changes, that changes that dynamic. And so, yeah, man. All right, yeah, these, th- this has been real serious life advice. We the, the homie Josh Chapman is gonna um, lighten it up a little bit. Question: <laughs> How many Johns would it take to defeat one bull? 
I don't want any commentary. I want a number. <laughs> I think a half of me, nigga. <laughs> Tie one arm behind my back. You know what I'm saying? Let's see what time it is. You know what I mean? Uh, Tyler, how many Johns do you think you would need to beat one ball? I feel like Are you asking bro? me? Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh I thought you asking John. No, Because no, um, no, John no. ain't never give us a real number, nigga. I know you don't believe twelve. half of you. About 12. About 12. Yeah, yeah. I'll, 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 I'll say about 12, right? Yeah, because yeah, because we, we, we've we seen in rodeos, like, you really only need, like, three, you know, rodeo clowns to really kind of, you know, confinable. But, yeah, if you get about, you know, five or six more guys on top of that, you know, you, you could probably, you know, take them legs up out of uh, under them and, you know, get some get some real <laughs> some real blows in. So, yeah, I'd say about 10. <laughs> I was gonna say I was gonna say ten too. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Josh. Um, okay. <laughs> uh, Sky Sneaks is a longtime listener. He's a cheese slice on uh, Twitter. Um, he says since they've confirmed the existence of extraterrestrials, I want to know how many aliens it would take to make you feel like you're in danger. For example, if you were walking out to your car and saw one alien standing by it, and now y'all are both just staring at each other, confused, would it scare you? Or- or would you just I love people who are high when they wrote questions. Or would you just be like, damn, that's crazy, and go on about your business? FYI, he's not aggressive. He's just chilling, smoking a newport. Thanks. <laughs> just chilling smoking. Um, you know, I've thought, you know, about like aliens if they ever came here. There'll be so much shit that they would have to account for, right? Like there would be different atmospheric pressure here than their planet, more than likely. Um, you know, the whole fucking if 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 a if an alien isn't in a full body suit, like all you got to do is cough on the motherfucker, and he'll probably die in like two or three days. You know what I'm saying? Like they have no immunity to the diseases and shit that we have here. Um, I think it would kind of like I don't think I would be that scared if I really saw an alien. You know, just one on one. If I knew they came in peace, of course. If I just saw one in the motherfucking parking lot on the late night, I'm shook as fuck, and I'm I'm hauling ass. But if you have to, <laughs> you know, the the fucking requirement here that they're you know coming in peace, it's like. Okay, you about to die. You need to leave, bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like you are, you are in a Seven Eleven parking lot. Do you know all the germs that are going to put an end to you and your entire spaceship? You worried about you the alien, that motherfucker? Yeah. If you see me in the parking lot with an alien? Help the alien, nigga. <laughs> help the alien. <laughs> no, one, but, of, my, uh, one of my favorite forms of humor is when um, things that we all. People who spend too much time on the internet try and take something from the internet to the real world and it doesn't respond well. Y'all have seen the tweet. Um, one thing I can tell you, me and my friends would have beaten E.T. to death with hammers. <laughs> That's one of the best slash worst tweets of all time. It, it, it is, is so good because it's, it's so terrible. Someone uh, someone tweeted, this is like one of Shar's favorite tweets. Someone tweeted that he tried to take that tweet to his like girlfriend. She was talking about E.T. and he referenced that tweet. And she she no. didn't know what he was talking about. And I think she responded, I don't love that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think. If if the, if the if the nigga was just chilling smoking a Newport, you know what I mean? I don't I don't think I'd be tweaking like that. You feel me? Like that's what he looked like, like, bro. If he had forty what? tentacles, if he had forty tentacles, you'd be freaked out. I mean, it, it depends on the t- time of day. I don't. I just. I just. I, if the motherfucker's chilling, I'm I'm so curious, bro. Like I t- like I told y'all, like, like if I saw a ghost, if if they didn't come aggressively, I'd probably want to sit down and talk to it. Like, yo, talk to me a little bit about what the fuck time it is on that side of things. You feel me? Like that's how I kind of feel, you know. Um, but I, I don't know, man. Like I don't, I don't know. Like if it was chilling, I really, I don't know if I'd be too tripping off of it. Also, like 
like Tyler spoke about the great filter theory. Isn't that like if if animals are like the type of if it, as you get more intelligent, the type that are super aggressive generally will kill themselves before they get to the point where they mm-hmm. uh, have the technology to be able to travel to a, this far, you know, d- building uh, stuff that allow them to deal with this atmosphere. So the type of peacefulness that they would have to, you know what I'm saying, exist within to pa- get through that great filter theory and make it all the way over here, bro, they ain't coming to try to fuck us up. You know what yeah. I mean? Um, there's a YouTube video that talks about it too that I watched like six years ago. It was fire as fuck. But yeah, I've always felt like if, if they came here, if anything came here, it would come out of curiosity, not to dominate, you know, us or anything right. like that. So, um, okay, um, Maxwell Higgins, we're not going to answer this because we basically gave our new pod advice. But he's—I just wanted to shout him out because he said he's—he's he's in the middle of starting a sports pod with his dad. And I one just second, one say, second, one second, this, one second. This one thing I think—the reason I think we're aliens are depicted as aggressive because we're aggressive. Yes, you know what I'm saying. I think that's a reflection of humanity, right. not necessarily yeah. of extraterrestrials. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, that's, I mean, that's we why have, I wouldn't trip yeah, as we much. We have yeah. an example of us, of humans being colonizers going to new land. And we'll yeah. see how that turned out, right? <laughs> here we are. Yeah. Here we all are for the right, various right. reasons we're all here. Right, yeah, for exactly. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, shout out to Maxwell Higgins starting a sports podcast with his dad. We gave all the advice we had earlier, but that's just, be- I think that's beautiful. He's starting that's a cool. sports podcast. That's fire. Dad, bro. Hey, yeah, send a link yeah. to that too. I want to tap in for yeah. sure. Um, okay. Uh, uh, John... Uh, says, um, all right, this is a serious one. He said, I got laid off two years ago. I had to move back in with his folks a year ago, and he's struggling. He said, just mm-hmm. got a rejection letter for an internship, and it stung. I'm trying to stay encouraged and persistent, but it's a motherfucker. Any advice and or jokes, welcome. Um, appreciate y'all. He says, only money notification feels better than New Jenkins and Jones. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, man, you're going through it, bro. Like, it's, it's, we've all been in a... A, a tough spot around it i would say similar to my advice with the podcast is um be honest about what you're looking for like are you and i i just don't know enough about your situation are you in that because you're trying to get into a tough field that's like your dream job and if so does that mean more to you than moving out and not living with your folks you know like um because if you're looking to just change that situation then you know, it's, it, you're just kind of, it sounds a, a little to me like you're at a crossroads. And I was kind of in the same spot with my wife and I, after we graduated college, we were living with my mom. And we just got to a point where it was like, we both have ideas about what we want to do with our lives, but we can't live with my mom no more. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> so she, you know, she started working at Borders and I started ghostwriting for Golden Times Magazine. You know what I mean? Pretending to be an 80 year old baby, baby boomer. So um, that's my advice is just if you're like, I think if I, at a time in my life, I could have been very comfortable in the situation you're in where I'm like, oh, but I'm grinding for this specific opportunity or whatever. Um, but I would just say, yeah, like just be honest with yourself about what you're comfortable with and and keep that short-term and long-term goal in mind and and understand that sometimes they're they're different. You know, sometimes they're different. Sometimes to get your long-term goal, you got to be in a shitty situation short-term. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean... The, the advice I would give to him, and it's not like some profound intellectual type shit. It's just keep grinding, bro. Um, you know, I can. I, I don't think I'm unique in this situation. I'm. I'm not sure if y'all can attest to it, but every setback that I've ever had, like something better, eventually came along. You know what I'm saying? Like a, a bigger bag, a better opportunity, whatever. And there's been times I'm like, I'm so glad that shit didn't work out with such and such because I'm here right. at such and such now, right? Mm-hmm. So 
you know, like, you know, we're, we're, we've, we've done the whole broke 20 year, 20 something year old dudes who yeah. got established in the thirties and all that. So, you know, we, we've been there, you know what I'm saying? So like, like I said, the, the advice I can give here and like I said, it's not profound or anything, but bro, just keep grinding and you'll eventually get to a point where those nose don't hurt as much. And you're just letting that shit fly. Just, you know, you're just, you know, out there grinding, pursuing whatever you want to get to. And like I said, bro, just keep your head on the swivel. Just keep, you know, your head to the grind. Just keep grinding. Cause like I said, you'll eventually get something and you'll be like, thank God that whatever I had fell through. So I got to this point in my life. Yeah. I feel like, uh, in my life, Tyler talked about better, but I just know for like lows only last for so long. There's ups and downs in life. I don't like, and, and part of what we were talking about earlier about people saying good and bad things, I don't get too high regardless because I know, you know, I, I know I, I, out of the lows, I learn a ton. It doesn't feel good, but I know I'll be, I'll be smarter, more intelligent and better prepared, you know, for what comes next, you know, in a low. And then, you know, the, 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 the highs don't stay. So I just enjoy them for what they are. You know what I mean? So it's not, yeah. it's not a forever thing. You know I mean? I was broke for a long time and there was good and bad in that time period too as well um before like moving out here to la and figure shit out you know what i mean but uh but yeah man like tyler said just just keep thugging it out man I, you know i think like um for me too like uh speaking to what mike was saying every job i've had outside of this one with the homies has only been a job no matter how much i built it up how glamorous it was in the end it was just a fucking gig you know what I mean? When I was struggling and like I, you know, and, and making, you know, in St. Louis and like, I want to do this for a living, you know, and I've done the things that I wanted to do. But when I got to it there to keep it a buck with you, they're just jobs. You know what I'm saying? So whatever you got to do to get out that house, maybe it's not the most glamorous thing. Maybe you work in a UPS. My nigga, I'm telling you right now, if I needed to, I'll pull up a UPS and do my fucking thing. Not clock out at five o'clock and be cool. You know what I'm saying? So. Whatever you got to do to figure it out, man, do, you know, to, to, to make ends meet yeah. until you can do what you want. Don't don't feel bad about that, G. You know what I mean? You know, so um, yep. and, and when it's time for shit to change, it'll change, my boy. You know what I'm saying? you. It, it, it's, this is only temporary. But regardless of, you know, who's doing what and the shit you see, you know, like they all just jobs, bro. You know what I mean? This is the only job that I've ever clocked in for. And it didn't feel like I'm clocking in. And I've done some shit that people would deem is so fun. It's all clocking in, bro. You know what I mean? All right. We only got a couple more here. Luke uh, Papagayo. Uh, first of all, if you, you got a cousin in Long Beach, that's a homie. Um, he says he's 24, just graduated college. Um, he's He said uh, he's basically kind of in a similar spot. He says, tough, keep my confidence up. Um during the application process, looking for jobs because I'm not looking for a dream job. I'm just trying to get the hours I need to pay for the shit I need. Um, knew I wasn't chasing a passion project, but didn't think opportunity would be so tough to come up on. Feels like I've been tapping on the glass ceiling trying to get through since before the pandemic. Any advice mm. for making the most of an environment you feel has expired while not having the resources to change that environment? Mm. Um, this is a real question. I would say, Luke... I've been, I was in that situation and I would say the first thing that it's very hard for you to understand when you're in your early twenties is it's very hard for everyone to get their first real job. Like, mm -hmm. and once you, you are tapping on a, gla a glass ceiling right now, like you are feeling that way correctly. And, um, I always use the analogy of it's like trying to sneak into a castle and every time someone sneaks into a castle, they plug that way up. So don't my, my real advice is, 
what's working for your friends or what worked for us probably is not going to work. You need to basically get through the glass ceiling any way you can. And it's honestly in PR is probably going to be taking a very shitty job. (laughs) It's probably the answer to your question. Um, You know, just like anything you can do to breach that. All I would say is what you're going through right now is probably not going to be analogous to your experience looking for jobs going forward. Because right Mm -hmm. now, everyone's looking to hire someone that they know can hold a full-time job down. And so you don't have that on the resume yet. And so it's just about if you have any, I would say this, if you're worried at all about nepotism or anything, if you have any connection to work to get your first job, you have a professor that fucked with you, someone in your family, someone uh, in one of your friends' families, anything you can do to have there be something after college that's like, oh, he was in this job for six months is going to make getting every other job a thousand times easier. So that's my advice on that. Yeah, it's... um. You know, he's he's facing, you know, the glass ceiling, like you said, that basically every new grad faces mm-hmm. like there's really no such thing as an entry level position. Those shits mm-hmm. only exist in like theory because every entry level position wants you to have like two or three years of experience. Right. Mm-hmm. And you're fresh out of college with no experience. So how the fuck are you supposed to get an entry level position if you don't have the experience to get an entry level position when entry level positions are supposed to, you know, rely on you not having experience. Right. So, yeah, that's the whole glass ceiling that he's banging his head up against. Um. So, so PR is the field that he wants to get into. Yes, yeah, mm-hmm. I should have said that at the beginning. I was trying yeah. to condense the email, but yes, yeah. So, um, I mean, look, if PR is really what you want to do, and he said that you know right now he's just trying to get a, a job that pays the bills. Um, yeah, I, I would say like, and this is me speaking to you as a recruiter. I would say to kind of expand your job search into a point where you are, you know, doing something that could be PR adjacent, right? Like if you are you know, just, um, you know, search for like communication specialist positions or things on those lines where, you know, with, with the right finagling, with the, with the, with the right wording on your resume, with the right, you know, kind of, um, experience that you could get on the job. You can say, you know, I did kind of, you know, have, uh, moments where I function in a PR capacity in this position. So you build your, 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 um, experience there. So you can go out there and get that PR job you want. But, you know, like I said, it's the whole, you know, you need experience to get a job that doesn't require experience. It's that whole double-edged sword right there. So, yeah. Um, Jackson, this question is basically for you. Um, this is, uh, Garrett G, um, says, uh, loves a pod. He wants to know what goes into producing and recording a typical episode of Jenkins and Jones. How much content is cut out that never sees an audience? I think the answer to that is zero. Um, says, do you ever struggle to come up with topics to discuss? Um, just looking for a general overview of how an episode gets put together. Cause he finds the behind the scenes. Interesting. Well, lucky for me, uh, this show both existed before I was a part of it. So these guys had a very, um, a process that worked for them in terms of coming up with topics and coming up with, with stuff to talk about on the show. And then also lucky for me is that these guys are very good and they're very funny and they don't really care about much of the things that they say, whether they sound dumb or whatever, or anything, any part of the spectrum that you, some people might want to cut. They don't have a problem cutting it. Or, or they don't have a problem leaving it, I should say. So so my job as a producer for this show is very easy. That was a backhanded compliment like a mother. No, no, no. It's easy to have this show. They don't no, care no, how they no, come no, no. They don't take themselves no, serious the as adults. So the, the opposite. They're children. Because there I'm are people playing, playing, who, are, who are really fucking macho-ass podcasters who are like going to... Um, 
there's there's a term in video editing called uh, frame fucking, where it's like you're really going <laughs> like sit, frame by frame trying to make it as perfect as possible. And like there is an equivalent to that in audio. And some people, but both editors as well as talent, are like really in the weeds about trying to get every possible thing as perfect as it can be. And I think that's fucking stupid, both for for video <laughs> and audio. So it's it's nice when you have. Um, talent as these guys are they don't like to probably use that word but they are talent that are very fucking funny and that aren't gonna like be on your ass about the shit that doesn't matter now there are things that we that they want to cut or i want to cut that we're that we're like hey this shit is important to cut we, we are not including this in the podcast period point blank and that's right i wanted to cut the funniest segment we ever recorded it, in yeah. real time <laughs> during this segment <laughs> I wanted to exactly. cut. and so like that's that's another um important part of it and to, to try to answer the question um more from more of a broad stroke perspective i think uh having developing a rapport with producer between producer and talent is the most important part of a producer's job like the number one, I genuinely think it's the number one most important important part of a, th- this type of producer's job mm-hmm. and the ability to have an honest candor and an honest discussion about what type of stuff should go in the podcast, what type of stuff should be taken out of the podcast and sort of everything in between there. And so that's how, that's why I feel like this show is successful. And I feel similarly with the other shows I work on. Like I was, it was a, it was tougher to do, to be perfectly honest, to, to develop that kind of relationship with Draymond Green. But like that, it matters just as much there as it does here. I'm not saying one is more important than the other. Having that relationship and that with between producer and talent is the goes the longest way in terms of making the show good. That's I can a fact, imagine bro. you couldn't tell yeah. Draymond shit when he first started. Bro, talking. exactly, exactly. Yeah. I'm like trying to like tiptoe my way around notes, and then we got more and more comfortable and more and more comfortable. And he's like, "No, give me the notes. It's cool." And and not that I was tiptoeing per se when I first started on this show, but still, like when I first started on this show, I didn't know any of these people at all. So mm-hmm. I was like, it takes a little bit of time before you and effort, genuine effort. It feels just like getting kind of like bullshitting, but like it takes genuine effort to develop. Uh, the kind of relationship and then the kind of rapport that I would argue is required and important to make a good piece of uh, audio and video content. Jackson was having a ball when he first came on this show. I, it was shit was so much fun. The first time you left your camera on, I was like, "Oh, this kid fucking loves this." Like, he's coming from the ringer. They've been talking about the same like 1980s action movies in his ear for however many fucking months, and now he's just like <laughs> Jackson's eyes were popping out of his head. Bro, the first couple I still, episodes he I recorded. Still remember, us. <laughs> I was gonna, I was gonna bring it up. I forget what the question was earlier. It was about. Uh, advice for for podcasters or something like that and and i was thinking about how uh staying true to yourself is so important because that's something you guys were sort of alluding to and one of the one of the first if not the first uh note i got not from these guys but from like the production side the the team when i first started on the show was like when you make social videos you got to put the captions on at the time we're putting captions on everything yada 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 and they were like so just so you know these guys are going to say the n-word a lot and we're we it's a it's a deal we've sort of come to agreement we've come together with them that we are not going to bleep bleep it out we're not going to censor it that being said don't feel like you have to and let let us be clear do not write the the n-word out in the <laughs> in the captions and i was like oh this is a different show no but it, but like that's one reason we love the volume is because like they were like you know uh you know be yourself yeah. Do what got you here. You know what I'm saying? And I mean, yeah, when it comes to podcasting, I guess like, no, we are the same motherfuckers we were like 
2015. Obviously, not in personal life. Like, we were some wild boys. But you know what I'm saying? As far as, like, how we are ourselves at all times and we don't talk about shit we don't give a fuck about, which was the original description of the podcast, we do this, the same shit here. So, yeah. But, yeah, Jax, you've done a great job of that building relationship, too, yeah, man. Yeah. Like, to the point where you are a part of the podcast. Like, you know what I mean? We, like, we throw to you. What do you think, Jackson? You know what I mean? Like... That has never happened before. So, yo, you you are great at what you do for sure. Hell yeah, producer extraordinary, extraordinary. Right, we, we have a we, we have a handful of other questions, and I think we we're kind of long on time at this point. But I would say this was fun. I I love this, and I, I know when I was a listener to the show, I loved it too. So maybe we'll just bring it back next month. I saved the questions that um, okay. we didn't get to. They're they're good questions, and um, you y'all fuck with it. You think we're running yeah. back next month? Yeah, yeah. fuck yeah, yeah. Mikael. These these are. These yeah, should have been on there, cuz you feel what I'm yeah. saying? I know you've this been talking. Fire. You've been talking about it for a while. It's, yeah. It, yeah, no, you did. John has been wanting to do these. I just, I just like remember like you've been talking about straight it. Straight interaction. Even the, the last time I think we really, really did it was uh, when we got high on 420, and uh, me and Tyler were just hitting ball, taking bong rips, and we were getting some serious questions. But we had a ball even for even in the real serious shit. You know what I mean? So yeah, uh, yeah. So right. yeah, I was like, yeah, let's bring that back. We'll, yeah, we'll we'll, uh, we'll we'll run it back. Maybe maybe we'll do li- you know first Saturday of each month or some shit. A little bit different schedule next week. Um, we've got uh, the Gridiron Gals, Chelsea and, and Rita are coming on to join us for our annual NFL preview. That will be on Wednesday. We're, we're I'm sorry, that's going to come out on Saturday. That will be next Saturday's episode. But we're recording it Wednesday, which means our normal midweek episode. We're going to record Thursday, uh, one p.m. Eastern, ten a.m. West Coast. So if you're tapping in with us on AMP, that's when those will be up uh, the Sunday night. Wait, Sunday we're doing a different time too, right? Sunday morning? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah, 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 yeah. It'll yeah, be yeah. Sunday It'll be Sunday earlier, so check, uh, you know, uh, keep your notifications on on Twitter if you want to listen live on AMP. Um, otherwise, obviously, all this stuff will be up on all the platforms after we record. And enjoy your weekend. Mr. Mikael with the business fun. updates, man. Love it. I just, you know, just try and keep, <laughs> the, keep the trains running, you know? <laughs> keep them on the track, you know what I mean? I love y'all, All boys, right, y'all. Man. Bye. 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 It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff. Are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.